you know, Stan Van Gundy hurt me in a lot of ways that I still have to deal with. It doesn't even matter that he's living it up with Zion and the Big Easy. I'm left here with all the garbage that he left us. I'm still thinking about it. Just, you know, I wonder if he ever thinks about me. Okay, Pistons versus Sixers, first half, just some quick stuff. Uh, Sadiq Bey, he looks awake. It's the most immediate thing that's happened here. He got a steal and a layup at the other end for a buzzer beater. Almost was a repeat of the end of the game the other night. Less significant, but still would have been just as heartbreaking. But that ball was clearly out in time, so that'll count. Uh, DeLon Wright, quietly on a triple-double watch with... Eight points, six assists, and four rebounds at halftime. So anything could happen there. Wayne Ellington is still just blazing hot. He's got 15 points in 14 minutes. He's four to five from three. Uh, Uncle Drew hates Wayne Ellington. So next time we're going to have to, well, I'll do it. I'll do it. That's really not a wee thing, I guess. I'll do it. I'm going to give him some shit for that uh, Wayne Ellington take. Uh, again, I was not the the most pro Wayne Ellington. Per I didn't understand, but I get it now. He's uh, Wayne Ellington. He might very well get traded for something, and and that's a whole other topic that I'm gonna save getting super into for when Drew's back on the show. But uh, he. Uh, He's he's probably with his confidence in the, his post game. He's providing a lot of veteran leadership to the team, and he's doing things the right way on the basketball court right now. So he should play. That's just kind of how it goes. Like uh, whether he's a, a young guy or a kid or not, he's he should probably be playing when you're playing like that and you're doing all the other right things that you could really be doing. Uh, Siku Dumbuya, he had look. That was a heck of a first half. Eight points in eight minutes. He looked really good in transition twice. One time with an assist in almost... He tried to throw a... I guess he... It was like a hockey assist, I think. He passed to Stewart, who tried to throw a lob to Saban Lee, who couldn't uh, couldn't quite complete that, but ended up scoring. And then trying to D up 90 feet on the other end, and the Sixers took a timeout. So... That's that's fun to see. Just like I said with Saban Lee, he looks a lot like young Lindsey Hunter. If you listened to the last podcast when we talked about Lindsey Hunter's defensive intensity and his kind of gambler mentality on both sides of the ball, that is a lot of what I see about a lot of what I see from Saban Lee, and it's really cool to see him play so much in this game. Uh, the lineup with Lee, Sfee, Jack, Siku, and Stewart, or Jack could also be. Bay, or and it could also be uh, a Grant. All of that would be really fine and really interesting, but this is what we saw tonight, and that lineup absolutely ruled. Uh, Isaiah Stewart. Beef! Stew! He had uh, a time annoying everybody who he's lined up against so far tonight. Uh, he's been pestering. Joel Embiid, when that matchup eventually came into play, when Mason Plumlee got in foul trouble, unfortunately, as he will do, Embiid got beef stew and some foul trouble as well, and now we're seeing a little bit of Jaleel Okafor, 
But uh, Stewart was annoying Dwight Howard so much, he he ended up ripping the dude's pants off. Howard got called for the foul somehow. I don't know. But then was so mad he got called for a technical. That'll be one of those plays that's on that dude's highlight reel probably for the rest of his career. Definitely when he retires or uh, the if he doesn't end up finishing his career in Detroit, when he comes back to Detroit, they will play that highlight. Uh, Jeremy Grant. He's not getting a lot of calls tonight. He's making a few shots so far, which is good. Last game, yesterday, he started out ice cold, but showed a lot of moxie and a lot of commitment to uh, and belief in his, his belief in himself to ride out that cold streak and and really finish strong. He's not like I said. He's not getting very many calls tonight. He's getting bashed around, and he always gets bashed around. He's got this. Almost similar to like a more skilled uh, Gerald Wallace, if you remember him. They called him Crash, and they called him Crash for a reason. And Jeremy crashes a lot. And uh, you don't mind. I mean, you mind because you don't want him to get hurt. But that's his game at the same time. And you don't want to put, you don't want to restrain that or have him not mentally committed to how he plays. So, I, I you know, I don't want to get into that. But. It's rough when he's not getting the calls because it feels like he's getting beat up and we're not even getting any points out of it. We're not getting to the line. That That's a bummer. It's almost like this officiating crew hasn't been watching the NBA or something this season because it he deserves, he deserves more calls than he's getting. Um, also, some plays that I, I really enjoyed. We had Saban Lee penetrating and then dumping off to Seku for a bucket. That's the kind of Pistons content that my heart really needs to see right now. Uh, with all the losing, I, I really enjoy getting to see the young guys do young guy stuff and really, uh, really, you know, running and and and. It's just good to see. It's it's. The team is more exciting, it feels like, without Blake and without Derrick Rose. And you're going to hear me, every podcast, probably have a different opinion about those two guys because it's when they play good, you know, they're them and you, you want to root for them. They're Pistons. I want, I want all the guys. I like As much as I want Cade Cunningham or whoever and don't want to win too much, I want to win every single game, too, at the same time. I want all the guys to play good. Blake and Derek included. Not just so they're they can be traded, because I'm kinda sad anytime anybody gets traded who's been around for a while. I, I grow a little bit attached to him. Uh, I I get it, and I get excited about what's coming in in the trades sometimes. There have been a lot of trades where there was nothing to be excited about, but we don't need the Andre Drummond trade. Uh that's the kind of Pistons content I need to see. Uh, and also, just one weird thing, too many times in this game, like two times now at least, I've heard Special K discourage the kids from trying some things, you know? Uh, you had Siku's dunk, and Beef went for a kind of like a little floater thing, and it was it was weird. It was like Special K was like, ah, if you, maybe you shouldn't do that if you can't do that. And it's like, I, I think both the guys can do that. I think that's why they tried it in an NBA game, because they can do that. And they need to have the freedom to miss those shots. And, and and obviously they can't hear him talking. 
and, and may never hear that. But it's just, it's weird to hear that from Special K. I feel like he knows better than that, too. I want to see them stretch out into the player that they may be able to become and take the chances to try to become that guy rather than see these guys live inside the box of the player that they are unfinished like when, when their the whole process was unfinished. It's just, you know, they're, they're projects. In a way, you got to let them try some things. Speaking of which, I'm pretty sure I saw Sekudumbuya break down Ben Simmons off the dribble with a nice little crossover that had a little bit of body shake in it. I, that's awesome. And if he can add that to his game, I know he missed the dunk on the other end. And I, and that's the thing where it's like Special K is talking about, oh, well, maybe he, I don't know if he looked fully committed to that. He went to go try to dunk on an actual, like, legit defensive stalwart, or he's supposed to be anyway, and Joel, and Joel Embiid, seven foot, God knows how many. How much more committed do you need to be? And how much... that's just it's a weird thing to say and it's exactly that he should have been talking about the dribble move to break down a legitimate perimeter defender to get to the rim that we just saw from a guy who's often criticized for not having that part of his game that's what he should have been talking about that's the intelligent thing and i and i guess that's why i'm so upset about it because i actually i i really like special k he him and Blaha, you know, they're both, uh, I grew up listening to these guys. I mean, we all did, right? So, uh, you know, I'm not just trying to criticize them just for the heck of it, right? But it's it just is weird. It's, it's weird to hear him say that Isaiah Stewart maybe shouldn't have gone for a floater seven feet from the basket and should have tried to get closer. He tries to get closer all the time. Watch the he he watches the game. He calls the games. So he watches. He he knows that. So let him try to like see if he's got this trick in his bag. That's what you should be saying. Like, ah, eh, he missed that one. It was a round and out. It was a good look. Like, let's let him take a couple of those and see if he's got them. Anyway, uh, we're up. By a couple, it's a, it's a close game. This is a, a good team that we're playing against. It's not, I, I think they're missing a couple of guys, but it, it doesn't feel like it's the shell of the 76ers. They're on a back-to-back. This is the second game in a back-to-back, so I understand that, but it's also the second game in a back-to-back for the Detroit Pistons. So in that regard, they're playing on a level playing field. It's the same as if they were both coming in off of rest. It's an away game for the 76ers. But if they lose to the Pistons, that's still an accomplishment for a young team to come out and show that they can beat this team. And it also kind of cements a point that I've been kind of driving home on the podcast throughout, and that is that this team has the capability to really surprise some good teams. And they might lose a lot of games... They're going to lose a lot. We're going to see. They're going to lose a lot of games. We've already seen. They've already lost, you know, kind of a lot of games. 
you know, but they could beat, they could have, there's one of those games we lost by more than 10 points, and one of those games where it was a nine-point game that probably should have been like an 18-point game against the Bucks 10 days ago or something like that. They just let up in, late in the fourth quarter, and it's like this, like, okay, it's less than 10. Yay. But it really, that was kind of a blowout. So there have been two. There have been two. And uh, this team is just a couple of minutes of basketball from being a 500 team. The team is consistency. From, you know, that's the whole thing. When Troy Weaver said he was putting together a team, he was going to put together a team that would be competitive. But there was still this expectation that the team is rebuilding. What I think a lot of that's going to come from is the inconsistencies that come from having three rookies, four rookies, actually, I hope, because Saban Lee has been contributing significant minutes tonight. I hope he continues to throughout the rest of this game, which has just started. We're about 30 seconds into the second quarter as I'm speaking. I hope we see more Saban Lee. So I hope we have four rookies. I know Killian's injured, but he's elected, from what I understand, not to get surgery. So I hope that means we're going to see more of him. And what this is, is we have a team that's got good players that probably, if it had been together for a couple of seasons, and this wasn't the first season, could be in the doldrums of being in that 10th place to 7th place range in the conference. And just just from having played together before, same group, but not coming in with eight new players or however, whatever it is now, 10 new players or something like that. Like, that's really what the problem is here. These guys really haven't played together before. Their talent level is average or just below cumulatively with the potential with some of the guys that they have after a year or two of being in the league, the same squad could be a lot better. And I think that's part of what we're seeing. Is like It's a competitive squad. It's a lot like that 2000 to 2001 team. It's a competitive squad that sometimes you don't understand. They just look too good to be as bad as they are some nights. <laughs> and you just can't believe some of the teams that they beat. Can't believe some of the teams that they come out and lose to or lay an egg against. It's going to be a maddening year to, to be a Pistons fan. It's going to be fun at the same time and interesting to talk about. Uh, I'm going to get back to watching the game. I don't know. I just, I don't even know what to say. I thought, I thought we were going to win. I thought we were going to win. Well, I won't try and tell you that wasn't tough. Uh, it's always good to see the team fight. Hard to imagine what might happen if Jeremy Grant had had what has been his normal game this season. He didn't uh, lay a complete egg. 
as far as his contribution to the basketball game is concerned, even though I'm sure that will be the narrative. Uh, and we'll also most likely be talking about, oh, is this what happens when he plays against an elite team? We've, we've played against some pretty good teams already. And, and Jeremy was in a stretch where he'd put up like 14 straight 20-point games or something like that. So let's just... Let's just be realistic. I'm going to be realistic with you when I say that that's not... That's not real. If, if you, where you see that... I almost said if you see that, but you most certainly will see that. Where you see that, it's... It's a false. It's a false narrative. It's not real. Uh, but he he didn't shoot well tonight, and he wasn't getting calls from the referees. Uh, I mentioned it in the first part of this, obviously. It's been a whole half of basketball for me since uh, I said it, but for you probably a minute. Not getting calls. Not getting calls. And, and that continued. That continued. Uh, even the little, you know, desperation three-pointer at the end. Hard not to imagine somebody else might not get a whistle there if that shot fell. I know it didn't fall, and they didn't have that. But, you know, you just... It's hard to imagine that there aren't players in the league that get, get a call on that shot. And I don't, I don't think that Jeremy needs to get every call that everybody else gets, but it would be nice if he'd gotten any calls at all in this game. Uh, you know, I think we got a lot of really good things down the stretch from a lot of guys. Uh, Isaiah Stewart. He played just excellent against Joel Embiid. I know he had a lot of fouls, and, and that has been a running theme so far for his season, is that he, he fouls a lot. He's out there going around with the kind of, I mean, what Dwayne Casey call him? A Tasmanian devil, I think. That's, that's not inaccurate. So, uh, yeah, the dude backs down from nobody. He had a couple of excellent little sequences against Embiid. He threw him on the ground one time for his fourth foul when he was boxing out on a rebound, and that was, of course, fun to watch. That was in the third quarter, I believe. Uh, and then he had an excellent little sequence where there was a couple of defensive stops on Embiid, he forced a travel. Then another sequence, maybe two or three possessions later, he forced a turnover. And then we got another ugly air ball. Uh, where, where, where Beef, he like played like a straight up and down. He's had a problem with not jumping. It's why he fouls so much. He jumps a lot. Uh, he didn't jump. He played straight up and down and sturdy base, strong defense on Joel Embiid and forced... I guess another turnover, It's it was, I guess, maybe, it, it was an airballed shot. I don't think it got the rim. It certainly didn't get the backboard. I don't think you'd call it a rebound. And I don't think that Stewart blocked it. 
But either way, it was an ugly shot, and it was another ugly sequence of dribbling for for Embiid. It, just like uh, when he forced the travel, it wasn't just the shot that was ugly. the whole The whole sequence was ugly for Embiid. It's got to be really uh, encouraging. Beef also had an absolute monster of a dunk. <laughs> And I saw people on Twitter maybe five games ago, however many days that is. Eight days? It might be a little longer than that. Two weeks ago, maybe? Asking if Stewart could even dunk. Like, on Twitter. Like, you guys think this guy can even really dunk? Because yeah, I don't think he can. Yada, yada, yada. Well, he can. He might not be some guy that's just going to jump right over you from a standing position if he can, I mean... He may not be able to do that at all, but that may not be where his instinct is. If he thinks he can put it in off the glass, he seems like he's kind of uh, playing the angles, playing off the glass, little hook shots, little scoop shots, little layups. That seems like that's more where his game is, but he can absolutely get up and dunk, and it was a, that was a good dunk. You know, that was one of the better dunks of the... Uh, that might be. It might end up going down as one of the better dunks for the Detroit Pistons season. Uh, the Siku dunk that didn't happen. That might have. That would have been maybe better. I don't know. It's hard to say. Uh, Sadiq Bay had a nice little turnaround jumper in the post where he was handling the ball confidently with his back to the basket in the post area, and uh, it was against Danny Green, who's no slouch as a defender. Again, it's it's just fan talk, you know, but uh, I've seen a lot of people question whether Sadiq Bey should be handling the ball down in the post at all. And it always seemed like he got a lot of good shots off. They just weren't falling. They were rolling off of the rim or, or whatever. Like, that's not the kind of... Uh, performance in that area that suggests to you that those... Those looks are never going to fall. So I, I, I didn't understand those takes, but he's had a couple of uh, opportunities in this game uh, to, to kind of crawl out of the slump that he's been in. He had that run out uh, to end the second half layup buzzer beater that, uh, you know, I think a lot of people would have thought at the beginning of the year, oh, well, that's... He can't make a shot at the rim, so you're almost maybe those people were expecting that shot not to fall. I was expecting it to fall. I think I was anyway. I was awfully excited when it did, not just for the team, but you know for him. Same thing with the turnaround jumper in the post. I, not just for the team, but for him, I was very excited to see that fall. Uh, Sekudubuya, he he played very well. I, I would have to look at his final stat line. I think he had 13, though. And he had a deep catch. And he might have even had 15. He might have had 15, but I, I, I think he had 13. He had a deep catch-and-shoot three and off of a uh, dish from Saban Lee where he kind of bailed Saban out toward the end of the shot clock. I mean, it was, it was deep. And he tried to pull another one a couple possessions later, and it didn't fall, but it, it was also a good look. And... 
like I said, if he has the kind of dribble game that he showed that he might have in that play against Ben Simmons, and if he has where he can shoot threes from two or three steps behind the line with any kind of consistency, which obviously very few guys, I say very few guys, more and more guys are able to do it now. In my experience, that's a shot that is a good shot for very few people. Uh, if, if he can add both of those things and play like he did tonight with the kind of involvement and the kind of energy, I, I don't know how much of it is him and how much of it is just how much you believe in yourself based upon the uh, opportunities you're getting and the minutes that you're getting and kind of where those things combine and, and kind of how that affects your psyche. Like, that's not his fault. That's a human thing. I mean, it might be a thing that he ultimately needs to get over if this is going to be his role where he's going to have inconsistent minutes, but it's not really, like, it's hard to fault him for it. I think it's something that we're all susceptible to. Uh, But he played very well tonight, very engaged, very energetic, flashed a lot, uh, I think, of what he might be capable of toward the end of this season. I would hope eventually we're going to see a lot more of those types of performances from him. Speaking of a guy I hope we're going to see more of these types of performances from, Svima Hailu. He he had 15 points, I think, maybe even 17. I, I, I might be a bucket off on my tabulations on these guys. but uh, And three points, or t- three points, three assists and three rebounds. Uh And he plays, as I've said before, he has a good sense of where the ball is on defense. He's not a great defender of any kind, but he's also kind of chippy and kind of rough on defense. I'm really starting to like this version of him. Uh, I I can't remember who it was. He pushed basically right out of bounds with his shoulder on a loose ball. It might have been Maxi. It was a... uh, it was like a hockey-style shoulder check right out of bounds. They, they, they reviewed it thinking it might be a clear path foul, and it was ruled a common foul. So uh, that's the kind of thing I, I would love to see from him. Reminds me a little bit of Pistons fans will understand. It, it reminds me a lot of John Barry and some of the things that he used to do. I think Spee has uh, got the potential to be a whole lot more skilled of a player than that. But there's something to be said for the things that John could do well. And if Svi can, he has a good sense for the ball, a lot like John. Might have to save this for a basket, a Detroit basketball time machine episode. But just, you know, on, on the bullet points, has a good sense for the ball, a lot like John Barry did. He has a good willingness to put his body on the line to make plays on defense and also a willingness to gamble a little bit on defense a lot like John Barry did to make up for some maybe the not the greatest side-to-side athleticism or perimeter defense but makes up for it in other ways to be a positive defensive player and of course the three ball so uh yeah just knocking dudes around with a shoulder like that, it's just great. He had a uh, he had th- this excellent walk up, kind of pull up three pointer with all kinds of confidence. Just looked, just he 
he looked really good tonight. There, there's no way around it. And it's going to be difficult if he's playing defense like that with that kind of in, like physicality and he's able to hit these shots. It's going to be really difficult for Dwayne Casey to justify him only getting, you know, 90 seconds of playing time some nights. That's I know you're trying to get guys in and Wayne Wayne Ellington is 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 really hot too. So like I know you're trying to get guys in and I get it. You want to play J-Jack, you want to play Sadiq, you want to play Seku. You can't play them all. And I understand that, but Spee uh, is making a case with games like this where it's going to be really difficult to to justify how little playing time he's getting in some of these games. Going over everything, I I think that's everything I've got for you as far as this goes. It's get, like I said, it's going to be a frustrating season when it comes to I I know that we all want a good draft pick and everything that that hopefully will and but certainly could bring to the team we all want that but you're probably as a fan of the team especially in a game where it's it's within your grasp late in the fourth quarter you're gonna want to you're you're gonna want your team to win those games i thought we were gonna win and I do think that as the season wears on, if we play the whole season, and I, and I hope they do, you're going to see the Pistons take a lot more of those games. Like, that's... They're going to win a lot more of these games than they have been towards the end of the season. I really do think that. There, there may be changes to the team personnel between now and then. Like, that's, that's entirely possible, and, and, and that may contribute to why. It's why I think you haven't seen trades yet with certain guys that people are talking about. Oh, this person should be traded while they're hot. And I don't mean Jeremy Grant. I mean the Wayne Ellington trade talk and stuff like that. Like, oh, you should trade him while he's hot. Maybe they should, you know, but uh, they want to see what they have with some of these guys. And, And furthermore... Any trades that may improve the team, you want to make you want to maybe be making those as late in the season as possible because they probably can't improve the team as much as one of the premier draft picks in next year's draft could. <laughs> but right now, watching these games, you're gonna want to win. You're good as a fan. You're you're gonna want the team to win. You get invested, you get you get on that roller coaster with the team, and it sucks when it ends here. It just does, regardless of what the overall goal of the season is and the fact that it isn't making the play-in tournament or it isn't making the playoffs or, or whatever. That's not really the goal of this team. If it happened because a couple of their young guys that they signed on, you know, we'll see type of contracts ended up really turning into something. I mean, that would be one thing. But being the seventh seed really just shouldn't be, or the eighth seed or whatever. That just, that shouldn't really be what we want. 
it shouldn't really be what you want anymore. Anyway, we'll be back again in a couple of days. Uh, Drew is out of town, so I wanted to make sure that we have something for you for the weekend, Sunday, Monday. I know that's when we usually drop our podcast, Sunday night. This will be Saturday night, but hopefully it'll fill that void for anybody. Cross my fingers. Somebody out there is looking for it. Uh, and if you are, thank you from from Drew and I. Um, but yeah, I wanted to get something out there for you guys. And, uh, and, 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 you know, that was a tough game. That was a tough game. But I think we all saw a lot of things to look forward to. Isaiah Stewart's a player. Sadiq Bey is a player. J-Jack looks like he's slowly working his way out of his funk, which is great. Hopefully, I don't believe he is. I, I, I have a lot of faith that he is not. Hopefully, Jeremy's not working his way into a slump with a little bit of a funky game uh, yesterday on Friday night and then, you know, his second worst game of the season tonight. But he was helpful in getting his teammates involved. He, he was still he was still engaged. He was still playing good defense. He was still out there trying to rebound the ball, boxing out. I mean, he wasn't. It seems like a, a an elementary, you know, basic thing. But a lot of guys go out there, they have a bad night, and they hang their head, and they don't play very hard anymore. And that's just not what we saw. And that usually isn't what we see with the guys on this team, which makes them all easy to root for. So, hopefully, Jeremy isn't working his way into a funk, but it certainly seems like J-Jack is working his way out. Sfi had probably his best game overall uh, on the season, I think. I can't think of a game he played better. I know he maybe scored more points one game, but he had some, he, he had some decent passes, played some decent defense, had a couple of rebounds, had a few assists. I think t- I think tonight was his best game of the season. Hopefully that's here to stay. And and hopefully this this Sekudumbuya is hopefully it's a sign of things to come for him. Uh, it's it's tough to say this because I like both guys a lot, but this version of the team is more fun to watch. And it might be because everybody who has the basketball, with the exception of Wayne Ellington, is some which, and that's not to dog him. It's just because he's, you know, he's he's in his early thirties already. Uh, I have some kind of hope. I, I guess in Mason too, same thing. I have some kind of hope for their future, and so even the shots that don't go down, you're like, oh, but one day when. He's done that 50 times already, and he starts to get a sense of how NBA defenders respond to this or that, and that shot falls 10% more than it does right now or 15% more than it does right now. There, there's something to look forward to there with everybody, and, and, and sometimes with Blake and Derek in the lineup. It can feel a little bit like the ball is being dominated by guys who are on their way down as far as their careers are concerned. And, and and when you're not a good team, you can kind of wonder why that's happening. And you have to remind yourself of things like veterans 
competition and team leadership all all being important for chemistry even for a young team that's kind of more playing for a lottery pick than true success in the game all right thanks everybody uh i'm gonna leave you with uh some words that make i know me and uncle drew really really proud uh we couldn't believe this when we got this in the email uh it's from uh doc joe brown who does the pro wrestling talk for pistons fans podcast and is at pro pistons on twitter he's one of my favorite uh pistons podcasters he's one of my favorite pistons twitter personalities uh he's one of my favorite pro wrestling podcasts uh to follow it's it's actually it's the only pro wrestling podcast that i follow with any kind of regularity anymore Hi, I'm Doc Joe Brown, and I'm a Pistons fan. Also, I'm a pro wrestling fan. I host a podcast titled Pro Wrestling Talk for the Pistons Fan. But when I just need my Pistons kick, I'm listening to Emotown, hosted by Matt and Uncle Drew. You can find Emotown on all major podcast catchers. Be sure to subscribe, download, and listen.